0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Bickley and Marada, live from the
1: Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Uh, fun, uh, Sunday, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. ESPN four-hour postseason NFL countdown going on at Old Town Scottsdale, starting at eight a.m. It's Open to the public. They want you out there to be a part of the show. It's running until noon, of course, with the whole crew: Sam Ponder, Rex Ryan, Teddy Bruschi, Randy Moss, and our next guest, Matt Hasselbeck, who joins us here on uh, Media Row. Well, What's up? Welcome to Phoenix. Hello, Matt. Thank you. How what are do you, th- you? What do you think
2: about that set location? It's awesome. You like that? The yeah. Good part of town. Yeah, oh, the great part the of town. Best part okay. Of town. Yeah. I've been yes. watching. I've been watching ESPN all week, and like NFL Live's been there, and a lot of the ESPN shows have been there, and the right. crowds, the crowds have been outstanding. It kind of reminds me like uh, college game day or yes. something, like with the the no signs yet, maybe signs Super Bowl Sunday. I don't maybe. know, but um, it's great to see the people you coming out. Yeah. There's T- your
1: There's your push to, yeah. from
2: Matt Hasselbeck. Make your signs. Get them
3: ready. Yeah. How about that? I remember back last couple of Super Bowls, even one in which the Seahawks played mm. downtown. Phoenix didn't look like this. The media was stationed in downtown Phoenix, and they called me. They go, where is the party at? I said, it's Old Town Scottsdale. Remember these <laughs> words. Old Town Scottsdale. Okay. That's where you go. All right. So that's, yes Well, oh, we're in the right spot. You got the spot. I like it. Alright, so let's start here. Before we get into the Super Bowl, uh, we are obsessed locally with two things. Who is the Cardinals' next head coach going to be, and how are we going to get Kyler Murray right as a quarterback? Can we start with the latter? Since you played the position, what do you think of kyler and 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 how does this franchise elevate him to that next level
2: well it's interesting that we're here at super bowl 57 talking about the two quarterbacks that are in this game you know there's a lot of really really talented throwers athletes that are starting quarterbacks in the nfl but the two guys that are here when i sit down with them what i walk away with and when i sit down with their head coaches nick sirianni andy reed the thing and i say to them what's the best thing that Patrick Mahomes does? What's the best thing that Jalen Hurts does? Their answers have nothing to do with how fast they are, how good of a thrower they are, what kind of spiral they throw. It's really none of that. And So much, I believe, that what happens at the quarterback position is what happens before the ball is even snapped. Body language, uh, leadership style, Understanding the playbook better than anybody in such a way that you can sort of, you could teach every single position what their responsibilities are. And then at the end of the day is making it happen in the biggest moments when it's your time to sort of make your putt, so to speak. There's a lot of quarterbacks that say, oh, I could have made that putt, so to speak. But it doesn't matter. Like what matters is, did you make it when the opportunity was there to make it? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, like Tom Brady, I think, you know, him is like the great quarterback that a lot of quarterbacks aspire to be like. That dude, when the moment ha- came, you never know when that moment is. That dude made his putts. He was making, he was sinking eagle putts. Everything. When, when other guys are like, oh, well, I coulda, well, you know, the receiver coulda, you know, like coulda woulda shoulda, and like that's really what what separates guys who absolutely make it have long careers, they're consistent and so, you know, whether it's Kyler or anybody else, that's really what you're looking for Alright,
1: so following up on a couple of things you just brought up as important and that is leadership, body language, things like that those are things that Kyler Murray's been dinged for in his career so far and yet he's already got the $230 million contract. It, you've been around the game a long time. Are those things that a, a young player can learn? Uh, people say leadership can be learned. I think a lot of it's innate. But ha- what, what's your opinion on
2: yeah, it? Yeah, well, listen, I, I think it's contagious. You know, when you set when the, the culture is such that, like, hey, this is the standard. Like, I think of Mike Tomlin as one of the great leaders in the game. I think he's unbelievable. It doesn't even matter, like, what storm is facing their team. This guy, like, the standard is the standard. I'm looking for volunteers not hostages boom done I give you nothing else let's go and like he's a guy that I think of as a leader Jalen hurts I'll, I'll just say this about NFL quarterbacks Kyler all the quarterbacks that are sitting at home watching this on their couch okay, okay. you're looking at the two quarterbacks in this game and you, in a way you're saying what can I learn from them mm-hmm. what has separated these guys and you're sitting there to me Jalen hurts is one of the most impressive 24 year olds I've ever seen this quarter this Super Bowl is historic for a lot of reasons the first time that the two starting quarterbacks in this game are black starting quarterbacks it's historic for that reason mm-hmm. it's the first time the two starting quarterbacks from the state of texas are ever in this game wow. which is also sort of surprising um, and another one this is the youngest matchup of two quarterbacks since dan marino and joe montana and even though this is the youngest matchup the maturity level from these two guys especially Jalen, is unbelievable the dude is unflappable and he's almost like wise beyond his years and uh i just think there's something to be learned for all quarterbacks sure kyler he's got the physical attributes and all that stuff so it's easy to sort of zero in and critique the other stuff but um if you're looking for someone to model your body language after and sort of your presence to me jalen hurts is uh is as good as they come
3: one of the uh one of the great stories of the nfl this year in my opinion uh arizona cardinal fans will disagree with this but it was sort of the reemergence of pete carroll's culture Mm. uh, of what you guys and you were part of it what has been built in seattle and what kind of foundation it is in no matter what that storm is like you mentioned with mike tomlin here in arizona there's not been a lot of accountability there's not been a lot of discipline how do you build that? What, what's, what are the secret ingredients to that culture that every successful franchise seems to have?
2: Well, Pete Carroll was really transparent and honest about how he was and who he was as a head coach the first time around. Jets, Patriots, and he said, you know, I was just like every other coach. Then I went to USC, and I, I he actually read a book by John Wooden, and he said, you know what, I need to figure out who I am what my identity is going to be what my team's identity is going to be and he goes I perfected that when I was at USC 53 and 0 when we did this 53 and 0 when we did this and he that message was so clear in that building and there's there're not a lot of rules but there are three rules and we all knew what they were and ultimately like he just he created an atmosphere of like competing at every freaking thing you were doing we would get per diem you go on the road, you get per diem, you get, like, I don't know, $38 or something like that, okay? When you get your per diem, it's immediately, like, find somebody to rock, paper, scissors, best out of three for your per diem. And it was on. And, like, he took every little thing. There's a basketball hoop in the team meeting room, and it was on. We're playing horse. We're playing pig. Like, it's on. Everything is a competition. And his thing was, like, and this was, like, a little bit of a Kobe Bryant thing. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're, everything is a championship opportunity. Rock, paper, scissors, or playing in the Super Bowl and so his 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 like mindset, which I think is so great, if it's the Super Bowl you don't have to over try. You know, you don't have to over try like you just you just do what you've always done. And then if you're playing like an Owen sixteen team, the worst team in the league, you're never in danger of playing down to the level of your competition because like not nah, dude, like I get hyped up for rock, paper, scissors. I'm gonna I'm getting hyped up to play the Houston Texans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's go.
1: That yeah. makes sense. Matt Hasselbeck, ESPN, our guest here on uh, Media Road Super Bowl fifty seven. Uh, we gotta talk about the game. You talking about the yep. quarterback matchup, obviously one to be excited about. But these two teams, both number one seeds, both won fourteen games. Games in the regular season, two in the postseason. We don't see matchups like this a lot yeah. in the Super Bowl, yeah. so I think this is, on paper, a, a great matchup. I'm leaning Philadelphia because that defense is just nasty. Mm-hmm. I might be dumb for for underestimating what Kansas City can do offensively, but you know, early on, two days before the game, what, how are you leaning?
2: Well, listen, like it's if you run the crunch of the numbers, like everybody on ESPN's done, Field, Yates, Adam Schefter, they got all these numbers. You're like, oh shoot. Well, based on math, the Eagles are definitely going to win. You know, based on run game, mm-hmm. defense, historically the best defense goes against the best offense. Like all that stuff. All I can tell you is that. Andrew Andy Reid was my position coach when I first started with the Green Bay Packers. The guy is special. And he... Like you can't put him in a box, and oh by the way, Patrick Mahomes is maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks that someday, like talent wise, Mm -hmm. you can't put him in a box. And now he's got like this bum ankle, and he might have to be a pocket. Like I don't know what version of Patrick Mahomes we're gonna get, but I do know this: he's gonna be special. He's gonna play above the X's and O's. So even when you have like the perfect play call on, (laughs) like he's got Mahomes, you got Kelsey, and he's doing it differently this year. Like we're doing a segment on our show Sunday. Uh, Really, it's around. Golf, you know, just having fun. Like we're in Arizona, you got the the big golf tournament down here. Patrick Mahomes this year has not been using his driver. Like when we think of Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. we think of like he's going deep. He's got one touchdown pass where it was in the in the air more than twenty yards this entire season. He's always number one in the NFL yeah. at that. So he's hitting
3: irons off the tee box. Is what you're saying? I
2: would say a little bit Maybe like three wood every now to and to use again? the forgiveness thing. Okay. I would say a little more three wood. Okay. So, uh, but but here's the thing: he's using tight ends in running back. He's sp- running backs. He's. Spreading the ball around. Uh-huh. And so, like, it used to be like, oh, just key in on Kelsey and and uh, Tyreek Hill. Now you can't key in on one guy. And so I just think I'll probably go Kansas City on my game pick because – there's just an X factor there with the coaching quarterback. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Yeah, and we saw it early on. Kansas City was here week one. Five touchdown passes for Mahomes. They were all nine yards. And or if less. you
2: remember that game, like th- that's the game that Philadelphia came out and they ran the quarterback sneak. They scored twice on yeah. it. They had six conversions on quarterback sneak. So if it comes down to a short yardage play, third and one, fourth and one, I mean, f- put your money on Philly at that yeah, point. Yeah. Right. They they can't be stopped. Right. Matt, thanks so
1: much for stopping by. Matt. I want to remind everybody too. Matt's part of the uh, postseason NFL countdown show Sunday. It's open. It's live eight a.m. to noon in Old Town Scottsdale on uh, Main Street.
2: And Matt wants Open you to make signs. Open to science. the public. Get yeah. out there. Eight a.m. But you know what they say eight a.m. There's always a seven forty Sports Center hit. You know, like we, get, we just kind of get warmed <laughs> right. up. There you, you know. Right. So, right. there you go. Uh, and Randy Moss is really fun because he'll do You Got Moss, and he gets the whole crowd into it. Uh, it's it's cool. usually yeah. our our good highlight. Deal. So good hopefully deal. Hopefully
1: get a big crowd out there. Matt, thanks so much. Thank it's you. Good to meet Thank you. Matt, Matt Hasselbeck joining us here on Media Row at Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Coming up next, yes, we're all very excited about Kevin Durant. Coming to the Valley. But the flip side of it, the departures of Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. We'll focus on that side next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports,
0: the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row.
1: Yeah, we do continue for Meteor Row on this Friday. It's uh, Bickley and Murata morning. Suns were in action last night, shorthanded, because they traded three players. The three players they got in trades haven't arrived yet. Uh, and it's the first time we've heard any any reaction from any Suns uh, personnel about the Kevin Durant trade but there's two sides to the trade and we talked about this a lot yesterday it is possible and I think a lot of Suns fans are feeling this way hell I think a lot of Suns players are feeling this way they're incredibly excited to play with one of the all-time best in Kevin Durant and what it does for their their chances but on the flip side of it two guys that were you know really a huge part of this organization are gone and I think maybe we saw a little bit of the effects of that last night it was a flat Unemotional performance by the Suns. Last yeah,
3: night. I uh, that's fine by me. I, 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 whatever happened last night's game is not the Suns team that we're going to be watching in, in a matter of weeks here. So uh, what happened last night, I think, is fairly predictable. Let's get on to the bigger issues. Uh, before during the game, before the game, before the Brooklyn game, Mikhail Bridges did an interview, and he sounded incredibly forlorn. It, it made things sad all over again. Listening to Mikael talk to me. Yeah. He, so the the idea of there's Two sides to this. You're absolutely right about that. The 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 exuberance and the exhilaration of get Kev- of getting Kevin Durant isn't shared by everybody. And there's a lot of people who 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 can't get past the sentimental. Yes. And there's a lot of people who who aren't necessarily certain this is the better path to a championship.
1: There's yeah. You're right. There are people that feel that way about that uh, TNT the, the Nets played last night at Barclays Center. Both Mikkel Bridges and Cam Johnson were there. They weren't officially members of the team yet, which was weird. They weren't sitting on the bench. They were sitting off in a section on on their own. Uh, But Mikel Bridges was uh, interviewed by Jared Greenberg and uh, talked about how he found out about the trade. So my boy, my boy, Damian Lee, he was in a hotel and he facetimed me. And you could tell he was upset. He was just like, I'm sorry, like... I'm sorry about this and that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, you ain't see him. like, see what? He was like, you got traded to, uh, to Brooklyn for KD. I was like, oh, man. Went to Twitter, saw it, and that's when I tweeted it. And then my agent's called me like a couple minutes later, and then that's how I found out. Yeah, here's uh, I mean, the— Does anything bother you about that? That Mikael Bridges wasn't notified himself yeah, that, first, and he found yeah. out from a teammate? Is that
3: a little disappointing?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, I will say, with social media now, it's more common than it's ever been. Doesn't I make guess. it right. Doesn't make it right. But yeah, I guess a guy that means that much to your organization, right. you probably should give a, him the a, heads a up. A guy
3: that wants a guy that has made it clear to everybody in the free world he wants to be here forever. Yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way. Now I get, it. I get the newsbreakers that that their their um, obsession to be first. Probably gets to the point where they're demanding this information yes. in real time, mm-hmm. but come on, I think in the case of Mikael Bridges, that's a little dirty. That's a little dirty.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, here was Bridges uh, more on uh, being traded. What's it like when you're included in a package for a guy that like Kevin
2: Durant? Um, like, just kind of, kind of, just like look at him, but yeah, like I get it, you know, like I get it. Like, oh, see, my lemon That's right. LeBron did worse a couple of nights
1: ago. <laughs> it's a good bounce back from Jared Greenberg, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah. He didn't, I mean, this is the only organization he's known as a pro outside of wearing a Philadelphia 76ers hat on draft night. He, it came up in the interview. He never wanted to leave here. He talked about, hey, I knew this was kind of a possibility that me and Cam would be the guys, and I've been dealing with it since the summer. Mikel Bridges is a basketball player, and once he gets that uniform on and steps on the
3: court, I think he's going to be okay. But I know, Man. but... The way he was talking about Monty Williams in that interview after he had been traded, I, I, I you, you felt this this these pangs of empathy like the like these baby turtles trying to get to the ocean on their own. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you just want to protect them. It's like they've been unleashed in the world, yes. right? My babies, right? Like, are they all okay? good? They going to okay? be okay, right? <laughs> Watch out uh, for the straws in there, right, right? A lot of p- people feel this way about yes. the twins. Yeah, totally. they really do. And again, listen there's there's a very fundamental truth to about to everything that we're about to experience um and and the ringer did a really good job of summarizing it today a super team at its very best is an idea the idea of a super team is what is the most exhilarating the expectations of oh my goodness how great can this team be what follows can be a whole bunch of different things very rarely does it exceed the hype. Might meet the hype, but um, the, uh, the idea of a super team—it made the Miami Heat stage a preseason pep rally. That's never been done before.
1: No, no.
3: <laughs> it made LeBron predict multiple championships. Not one. And anybody who has ever predicted multiple championships would like to, to like to take it back from Jason Kidd to LeBron James.
1: Yeah, and the other part to consider, too, is, and I want to play this from Monty Williams. This was pregame. Uh, TNT covered this as well. This is definitely from, from, we're talking about this emotional part of it and the players that you lost in this trade. It's something to overcome. Listen to
0: Monty. There's a human side to all of this that um, you have to deal with. You know, it was an emotional day. Um, <clears throat> talking to those guys and, um got to see them before they they took off and um it was emotional so those those two are near and dear to my heart um they literally are like my family and um they know how much we care about them Uh, they understand the business side of it but they also understand that there's a human side an emotional side a connection that is greater than the business side. Uh
1: yeah, and you could really see Monty. You know, you can't see it there, but if you watch that video, he was wearing it on his face. It, w- it was a tough day. And the Suns don't get that immediate reprieve, like, okay, we can move on now, because here's our new shiny toy. He's not going to be in the lineup for two weeks. Yeah. So they have to deal with no. that? There's, there's this interim now where they have to navigate yeah, through they do. without
3: getting that immediate result. Without getting anybody else hurt. They, yeah. they, they yes, can't that be stretching too. out Chris Paul to the point where, you know, come whenever Kevin Durant is, is available, February 21st, whatever it happens to be, that now Chris Paul is out for five weeks yeah. with a heel... Issue. So yeah, this is going to be tough because you're right. Uh, I think last night was a reminder that they've got some they got some sledding to do between now and and the integration of this super team. And Devin Booker's expanding availability is clearly going to help, but this is going to be a short-handed crew.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And last night, man, credit to the to, to the nine guys that showed up and played. Um, but, you know, because except it, for DeAndre, his <laughs> two rebounds,
3: <laughs>
1: nobody had you more than that. nobody had
3: more than five. Okay.
1: And Chris Paul was one of those were, players.
3: How, how much were they out rebounded by last night?
1: 59 to
3: 35. Ooh, okay. <laughs> by 28. Mm. <laughs>
1: Flavor Town is pulling up right across the street from the big game on Sunday. Join Guy Fieri, Diplo, and over 20 food vendors for the ultimate tailgating party. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, the big stories of the day repackaged in the reboot with Sarah Cazell. Hey. It's Bickley and hey. Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports,
2: the local sports leader. Rush hour reboot. Rush hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in
1: sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams.
4: Good morning to you, my friends, and to my enemies as well. <laughs> You, you know, you know who you are. got to
3: love them, too, Sarah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your listenership regardless. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rush Hour Reboot on Bickley and Murata Mornings. We are uh, glad to have you all with us here on this Friday morning, 730 every single day at this time. We take you through the biggest stories of the day on the Rush Hour Reboot. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata.
3: Good morning. Good morning.
4: And Jared Carlin. Don't be a turd. <laughs> oh, we just saw him in the flesh, Mark Schlereth. He walked by. He is a gorgeous human being. Wow! <laughs> Don't be
1: a turd. Wow! wow. You feel you know, about Mark Schlereth the way he feels about Tom Brady? Almost. <laughs> That's pretty strong. Almost. <laughs> I am absolutely going to pull that cut for. Oh please! Our final oh please do not!
4: It's just he's just a, a like a mountain of a human. Well, you and know, he... Stunning to see in person. He was on a soap opera, so he's got to be good looking. He's so I've heard. Dashing. That's true. No uggos on the soap operas. That That's very that's, true. That's true. All right. Let's get into the sports part of this thing. Uh, we spent a lot of time yesterday kind of freaking out over the Kevin Durant edition and, and what he is going to do for the Phoenix Suns, but i would like to start off the reboot by taking some time to to love on Mikel bridges and cam johnson uh, who are now with the brooklyn nets before the suns played the atlanta hawks last night on the road monty williams got emotional talking about just how much those two players meant to him
0: a human side to all of this that um, you have to deal with you know it was an emotional day um, <clears throat> talking to those guys and um, I got to see them before they they took off, and um, it was emotional. So those those two are near and dear to my heart. Um, They literally are like my family.
4: You can really hear it in his voice there. And Chris Paul, I believe it was after the Suns lost to the Hawks, spoke about losing Mikel and Cam as well.
2: I mean, obviously, there's a lot of emotions. You know, we got, um, the guys that left, just Cam and Mikel, Claus Dario. You know what I mean? We, we got a really tight group over here. But, you know. Uh, we got a chance to spend some time together after the trade. You know what I mean? as we all was up in the hallway talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I talked to Kel on my way to the game today. I think the, the the friendships and the bonds that we've been marry, you know, that's that's sometimes rare in this league. You know what I mean? Like that, that'll continue. That won't change.
4: All right, what are you guys going to miss most about Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson? Both what they bring to the court, yeah. but the off the court stuff too. The,
3: uh, the utter goofiness of Mikael Bridges—I I, just—I love the guy to death. He's just so different, so authentic, so just so himself. That—that yeah. that, he's just a special dude, and, and I know Cam Johnson isn't far behind, but. Mikel is again. I said it yesterday. He's one of my forever favorites. That's that's yeah. just, oh, yeah. and I'm not alone. Everybody oh, certainly is not. Nothing, yeah, nothing unique to me. <laughs>
1: um, the interactions with the crowd before games. I mean, the video of Mikel dancing with a kid. That's yeah. the greatest video mean, I've yeah. ever oh. seen. It's, it's fantastic. The, and I don't mean this in a bad way. The childlike energy yeah. that they brought yes. to this team, while being consummate professionals, and and really for me brass tacks basketball, the fact that Mikel Bridges shows up every single night and puts his work in, plays a heavy minutes load, and you don't have to worry about if he's available or not. He's a,
4: <laughs> Literally he's, never. He's
1: a dinosaur already at a well, young age in the in the NBA. Yesterday there's, was, what, the first time in five years that he didn't play in a Suns game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The,
3: listen, there's a reason why they did not want to trade him. Mm-hmm. And it's and again, it's it, it, this is the kind of guy that you want to reward and keep in one place. It's just you know, it's a function of it's a function of Kevin Durant. I pointed this out last last January, I
1: think it was when we did that that Fanduel event and we interviewed Mikel bridges Frank Kaminsky and Ish Wainwright on mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. yeah. And I, t- I, had them. They, my son posted a picture with the three of them, and I sent it to my son. I was like, "Who could imagine that Ish would be the last guy standing from this group?"
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then Cam Johnson's lemonade stand, I think, is another yeah. one of yeah. those special moments. And off two court. guys,
1: uh, by the way, who, whenever uh, you know, they were always available to, to media and and for all the, the shows on our station, and they were fantastic every time they came on. Yeah, yeah. From a sellper standpoint,
4: <laughs> uh, certainly. Well, <laughs> well, that's okay. All right, the sons, uh, in addition to landing Kevin. And Durant yesterday they also traded for a 22 year old wing Darius Baisley about an hour before the deadline he comes to the valley from Oklahoma City where he had been a starter the past two seasons but this season he's been coming off the bench for about 15 minutes a game uh, he went to OKC in 2019 as the 23rd overall pick last night on TNT Charles Barkley said the Suns need to hit the buyout market to continue filling out their bench
0: the West is so good now You're going to need a good bench. You can't go to war with just KD, Booker, and Aiden because the West is so loaded. They gave up a lot. So I think the buyout market, I'm going to be watching that for my sons. Our starting unit, we're good to go. But to to win three series just to get to the finals, your bench is going to be huge.
4: So whether it's specific names or just types of players, what are you hoping the Suns will pick no, up to fill the gap?
3: Listen, the Reggie Jackson name is out there. Uh, dude played for the Clippers. We saw him in the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago. I'd be all over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellen Olson loves Will Barton. You can see why. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's some pieces that should be out there. But again, everyone you acquire, it's going to be ticking up the luxury tax bill. And but you're in it so. you yeah, that's true. You're yeah. in it for this. Yeah, you you got to be all in it. So. So I I would start with the Reggie Jackson piece. That very much intrigues me. Jackson and Barton
1: are two names, certainly, that fit. But I do think in this whole process, and I was guilty of it yesterday too, first glance, saying that the bench is thin. It, it, what scares me is the the unknown uh, futures of, of campaign and Landry Shamit uh, right. from an injury standpoint. But we're all kind of discounting T.J. Warren's going to play a role for this team. That's true. And T.J. Warren can still oh, score. Oh, oh. Um, I don't know what his attitude is about being traded
4: back to the Suns. It wasn't I remember, I remember, a I remember your attitude towards right. T.J. Warren when
3: he left town. <laughs> he
4: of the the jello ankle. Uh huh. Well,
1: yeah. like, it was a guy
4: that just had a lot of
1: strange injuries while he's here. He missed almost two full years. He's finally back, but he's going to play a role. And people talk about, hey, guys that can come in off the bench and put the ball in the basket. That's what TJ Warren does. So, yeah. uh, not to say that they don't need help. I, I agree that they do need to hit the pile market. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, right now on Arizonasports.com, by the way, our Kellen Olson and Kevin Zimmerman have compiled a list of, it looks like almost a dozen names. Is that uh, all guys those guys keep are slacking? On? I know, right? Oh, well, you've only read in, what, seven pieces in the last 24 <laughs> hours? Uh, so you can check that out on ArizonaSports.com if you're looking for any more guidance. Hey, should we talk about the Super Bowl? No. Oh, what? Here on Super- no? Well, there's so a football neat. game that is Super ha- b- Bowl? B-O-W-L. No. Yeah, Big game. Uh, oh, the big oh, the big game. That's big right. Game. Maybe that's you recognize what, That's why it. they didn't understand it. That way. Uh, let's just quickly talk expectations for Sunday's game between the Eagles and the Chiefs. What are you guys expecting to see? What are you hoping to see?
1: I think this is going to live up to the standards set by Super Bowls that have been played at State Farm Stadium. We've had two classics. I think this has got all the makings of another classic. Two really good quarterbacks going at it. Two MVP candidates. The actual the, MVP. The yes. Uh, two defenses filled with star players. Chris Jones on one side, Hassan Reddick and others on the other side. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm, I'm thinking the Eagles win.
3: I, I hope it is a. I hope it's a Super Bowl full of big plays and momentum shifts. Those are my. Those are my most Enjoyable Super Bowls, the ones that kind of plot along safely until the end, like you know. I don't know if you ever heard Styles make fights, Benny. You ever hear that? Never heard. Uh, of. Can oh, you say it in a different of. way? Maybe I recognize. Star, styles make fights. Oh, I've heard look, that. I've yeah. told you forever. So <laughs> I- I- if you if you get a fight where you get a couple of guys who are just kind of, and here's a boxing term, feeling each other out, if they're spading and jabbing and and waiting to get into it all, right? Yeah. Uh, those aren't good fights. Those aren't good Super Bowls either. And this one could be it. This could be the Eagles taking over one seven and a half minute drive after another, after another. I, I would love big plays and wild momentum shifts. That's what I key
1: like. to it too is the Kansas City defense, how they can contain the Philadelphia running game, which is way stronger than the Kansas City running game. There you
3: go. Yeah, thank you, guys. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Dick Clark. <laughs> Grandma Clark. Roy Clark. Dave Clark, five. Jack Clark.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, I want to remind you, today is your last chance to win Super Bowl tickets. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name all day today. It is Arizona Sports All Access. Again, text SUPER to 620-620 for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. Coming up next, we'll get some national perspective of everything that went down at the trade deadline in Phoenix and beyond. We'll talk to Howard Beck from SI Next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings. Live from Media Row at Super Bowl 57, our Media Row coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings with Canvas Annuity here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at
1: Meteor Row. A very active NBA trade deadline yesterday. Deals going down all around the league. The biggest right here in Phoenix. Kevin Durant of Phoenix Sun, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson going to the Brooklyn Nets here to talk about all things NBA trade deadline from uh, SI. Senior writer, Howard Beck, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Howard, thanks uh, for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. How are you? Doing okay, fellas. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, we both uh, went to bed Wednesday night before the news broke. and woke we up do to, morning radio. Yeah, woke up to it Thursday morning. I mean, uh, the reaction. We, we had four hours of Kevin Durant talk yesterday. Uh, and it's been interesting in the time that's passed since, Howard, to see all the different reactions to it. What's your reaction on what this means for the Suns and the Western Conference? you know i think
5: there was kind of a rush in the wake of the trade to anoint them as favorites in the west and i'm fine with that like anybody wants to make the argument that they should be favorites um i can't disagree with the, the you know the, the on paper version of that i'm pumping the brakes on it just a little bit myself only because of a few things one it's really, really rare in this league to make a trade of this nature in the middle of a season and then make the finals or win the championship, right? Like there's, you guys, you know, are, are old enough as I am to, you know, to remember, you know, the, the Rockets pulling off a big deal yes. this season once upon a time, but this doesn't happen very often. Even the Rasheed Wallace to Detroit one when they won the championship that year, Rasheed's not Kevin Durant. Like Rasheed's awesome. Um, and he was a, he was a linchpin for the, that Pistons team back in 2004, but, it it's just really really rare. Why is it rare? One, it's it's rare for these these trades to happen midseason in the first place. But two, if they do happen, you don't have much time, and I think less time than ever. You know, I was counting the, the uh, looking at the schedule yesterday on this. If if Durant comes back right after the trade deadline, or excuse me, the um, All Star break he'll have, like, maybe 22 games yes, with the Suns yes. to, to get acclimated. And if he and if he doesn't come back right away, let's say he takes an extra game or two, give himself a little bit more time to recover from that knee. Like, 20 games to get acclimated with a new team? Um, you know, you're not some role-player shooter who just has to, like, you know, go find your spot on the corner and wait for the ball. Like, this is a guy who's now the centerpiece of your team. So chemistry takes time in this league. Also, as you guys know, you just gave up. The Suns gave up two really important two-way wings, so they've lost a lot of defense, they've lost some depth, and on top of it all, look, you hate to talk about it in these terms, but Kevin Durant is an injury risk all the time now, and I know it was a little bit more of a freak accident this time, but every year that he was with the Nets, he missed a third of the season with one thing or another, and he's coming back now from a knee sprain. And who knows what he's going to be down the stretch. On top of that, my last caveat, obviously Chris Paul has worn down some and, and has been injury-prone himself at this age and, and stage of his career. All of which is to say, yes, the Suns have the best talent and the best three, uh, you know, trio now, I think, in Paul Booker and Durant. But, you know, they have they, there are question marks. But they all have question marks. Like the Denver yes. Nuggets are a middle-of-the-pack defensive team and usually middle-of-the-pack defensive teams don't you know, don't win the conference, but they're great offensively. And, you know, the Mavericks got Kyrie Irving. Uh, you could spin that any number of directions. Um, <laughs> you know, the Warriors are still trying to recover, and they got Gary Payton the second back, which is a good move for them. The Clippers have finally started to recover and gotten uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy. They made a bunch of moves. It's it's There's a lot of teams with, you know, a case to be made, and and, and all of them have... Glaring flaws. So, um, I, I, the way I've said it is yeah, the Suns are now a favorite, and they weren't, you know, before the Durant trade. They're now a favorite. I don't know if they're the favorite.
3: Yeah, I, I think these are are very, very all-wise caveats, and, and one last night that I was not prepared for was Chris Paul saying um, a, a, in Atlanta that, that, that he spoke with KD, and KD wasn't exactly over the moon with it, he said he ain't mad about it, but there's a lot going on with KD right now. I wasn't prepared to hear that from a guy that was uh, a, apparently reportedly obsessed about coming to Phoenix last summer. What do you think his mindset means to all of this? And if it is even a question,
5: listen um, for for uh, Chris to kind of allude to, to that. Like, I, I means something, right? Like, you know, Chris is pretty careful. Uh, you know, he doesn't just throw things out there, you know, randomly. Um, and he knows more about Durant's mindset than any of us do right now because Durant hasn't talked to anybody in the media. Not even, you know, uh, he's, I don't think he's even leaked anything off the record to anybody. Um, and you know, obviously, I'm based here in Brooklyn. I was here. Uh, and at the game the night, right after they traded Kyrie, and some of us had staked out Durant to see if we could catch him leaving the building. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even do one of those, like, look at you, kind of half smile and just keep going, like, what's up, guys? And just, keep, he, he, it was, we were invisible. Like, he just, he just kept walking by, didn't, didn't, re, didn't respond, didn't acknowledge, nothing. Just, Phew. um, so, where his head is at is anyone's guess um, and uh, yeah listen I, I would have thought he'd be happy about it um he and Kyrie Irving came to Brooklyn together. The whole point of the exercise was for them to to try to win titles together or con- contend for titles once Kyrie's gone kevin durant I, I I don't know whether he really truly wanted to stay or not i don't i, I have no I have no uh, knowledge of him issuing a second. Trade demand, really. Um, I, I always thought if the Nets traded Kyrie Irving that Durant probably wouldn't be happy about it. But on the other hand, they traded Kyrie for players who could help them immediately with Durant. Yeah. So part of the puzzling you know, nature of this week for the Nets is that it looked initially like the Kyrie trade, while well, going player heavy instead of draft capital heavy, you thought was an intent, uh, attempt to keep competing. And then they turn around and, and they ship out Durant. But I also think it was probably the right move. They weren't going to win a title. They weren't going to make the finals. Um, I mean, I wrote back on November 4th of this season that the Nets should blow it up. <laughs> and <laughs> right. here, we, here, here, and here, here we are belatedly. Uh,
1: right. Now been blown up. Howard Beck from uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You mentioned two of the teams in the mix in the, in the Western Conference, one definitely right now more so than the other, and the L.A. teams. I'm not the world's biggest D'Angelo Russell fan, Howard, but overall I really like what the Lakers did at the deadline, and I'm kind of puzzled at what the Clippers did at their backcourt spots. Uh, am I dumb for feeling this way? Um. So with the
5: Lakers, you know, again, this is one of those deals where it's like I can't exactly criticize them because I was one who, and I'm hardly alone in this, was saying yeah you're blowing this and you're wasting lebron's last year and you should have dumped westbrook a long ago and what are you doing what are you waiting for uh, th- listen they they picked up four players yesterday all of whom are going to play for them yes which and and, and it's not, and they only traded out You know, they only really, well, they traded two, I guess, because they they traded Thomas Bryant also. But um, point being, when you get D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, and they're going to immediately go into your starting lineup, it's because you didn't have starters. (laughs) The the Lakers had Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and in any any given night, three guys who would have been like the eighth, ninth, tenth man on somebody else's roster. They just didn't have NBA quality starting players. And they got, I'm not a big D'Angelo Russell guy either. But between Russell and Beasley and Vanderbilt, and then they also picked up Mobamba, they got a bunch of guys who can who can help them immediately and maybe salvage this season. And I, I think that was the right move. Obviously, there's an addition by subtraction too because Westbrook was not a happy camper there. I mean, There've been all kinds of reporting of, of clashes with coaches and just you know a sense in the locker room that things were getting really really uh, tense. So I like what they did. The Clippers. The Clippers is a little bit more puzzling. I know they were very aggressive trying to get a new a new starting point guard, and they couldn't get one. I think they would have loved Fred Van Vliet. I think they, you know, maybe even Mike Conley. Um, they, they could not get a starting point guard in trade. And so they reshuffled a bunch of stuff. Getting Plumlee as a backup center, everybody had been saying all year they needed a backup center. So, like, you know, getting a little more size was a good move. Um, it sounds like they're – Probably the landing spot for Westbrook after Westbrook presumably gets bought out. So is that their upgrade at point guard? I mean, again, I'm not a big Westbrook guy, especially at this stage of his career. Um, But, you know, he's going to have a lot to prove now after, you know, the failed Laker experiment. So maybe they get a a good version of him.
1: Yeah, Howard, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show this morning. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Howard Beck, Sports Illustrated senior NBA writer, joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. We're already halfway through on this Friday, man. This is breezing by. Hope I didn't jinx anything. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) The caffeinated Bickley Blast is next from Dan Bickley. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.